the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Don't fear, Peter. You'll now be catching men. In our gospel lesson this morning, Jesus teaches us a little bit about fishing and a lot about how it is that he brings us into his church. Now, it's often thought that this great miracle of catching all the fish was the first time that Peter met Jesus. And it might even seem like that based on Peter's response to Jesus' miracle. It's as though Peter saw Jesus do the miracle and was so struck by Jesus' great power that he fell to his knees, believed Jesus to be God, and began to follow him. That's not right. This was not the first time that Peter had seen Jesus do miracles. We know from the Gospel of John that at the very beginning, right after Jesus' baptism, Andrew went and called his brother Peter, called him to be a disciple, and started following him right then. Which means Peter was there at the wedding in Cana when Jesus famously turned all the water into wine. And not only in John, but also in the Gospel of Luke. So one chapter previous to today's reading is when Jesus shows up in Peter's own house to heal his mother-in-law of a fever. And it wasn't just her fever, but then Jesus stuck around that entire night long. He was healing people of diseases and casting out demons. So Peter was already a disciple. And the great catch of fish was not the first time that Peter saw Jesus do great and impressive miracles. So if you think about it, why would this be the moment that Peter falls down to the feet of Jesus, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Why not at any of the other miracles that he had already seen? It's because Jesus has custom-designed this miracle for Peter to show him how dependent he was upon Jesus for all things. So think about what we know of Peter. He's bold, confident, and quick to speak. At times, he might have seemed somewhat arrogant and even a braggart. So we can picture him maybe in the local saloon, bragging about how many fish he had caught the night before, how good a fisherman he was, and how skilled he was. So Jesus says, No, Peter, every fish ever caught by you or anyone else has always been by the mercy and grace of God. So Jesus took away all the fish the night before to emphasize the point. So remember how Jesus walks up to Peter. He's out there cleaning the nets. And when he he tells him to throw in the nets, Peter says, man, we've been fishing all night and caught nothing. Some great fisherman catch nothing? Jesus struck at Peter directly as an individual. The Lord knows us and honors us as individuals, not according to categories or groups. Unfortunately, today, value is often given or taken away based upon what group you belong to instead of your individual personhood. Is your skin a certain color? 
Then, to today's society, you are necessarily an oppressor or the oppressed one. It's not about you, but about your group. Do you have a certain income? Then, to today's society, you are necessarily worse or better. Are you pro-vaccine? Anti-vaccine? Pro-mask? Anti-mask? Democrat? Republican? Do you prefer Ford or Chevy? The world wants us putting people into categories and assigning them value accordingly, which removes individual personhood. But not for Jesus. He knows us according to the individual, and he honors us according to our individual personhood, not by group or category. And so in today's gospel, he walks up to Peter's face and interacts with him in a unique way, with a unique miracle that would hit him in a particular way, so that Peter would know that Jesus is the Lord who gives all gifts, including fish, and turn him to Jesus in mercy. But Peter was struck with fear and says, depart from me. The Lord was using this miracle with Peter to clear a few things up for him and for us. First, his effectiveness as an apostle or a pastor his effectiveness as a preacher and the effectiveness of the ministry in the Lord's church will not rely on his ability. The catch of fish drove that point home. Remember, they had been fishing all night long and caught nothing. With all of his experience and all of the contemporary trendy ways to catch fish and all the ways that made the most sense and used the greatest skill, and yet they caught nothing. That was the Lord's doing, so that the next day, when he granted an insane catch of fish, it would drive home the point for Peter and us that it is the Lord who grants the fish. That is, it is he who brings people into his church. Faith comes by hearing, and the Lord works faith when and where he desires it. Now, Peter was a professional fisherman, knowing full well not to fish in the middle of the day, but rather at night, and probably not best to fish with nets right off of the shore, but out in the sea. But then Jesus comes along, a carpenter, and tries to give him fishing advice. So remember the picture, Peter's over there cleaning his nets. So he's, I mean, just a picture, he's been cleaning his nets for a while, he's frustrated they didn't catch any fish, and now his nets are clean. And Jesus says, hey Peter, throw them back in the water. Make them dirty again. By the way, I know more about fishing than you. Peter's like, come on, really? And yet he drops the nets in anyway, and the nets were immediately overflowing with fish, so much so that the boat started sinking. It was net fishing, not bait fishing. So whenever I think about fishing, and maybe you too, we think about rod and reels and canes and, and bait. So the whole idea of fishing in our experience is you take a hook and you don't just throw the hook in the water because fish don't really want to get a hook in their mouth. 
She would cover up the hook with what looks like a meal, a free meal, a nice worm. You throw that in the water to try to trick the fish into biting the hook. That's the whole point. And yet Jesus is saying, throw the net in the water. So last time I went fishing, the idea is to not make a bunch of splashes in the water. So rule number one, if you want to catch fish, you don't take your children with you. It's good to go fishing with your kids, by the way. It's fine. You're just not going to catch much, right? You want to be quiet. And yet Jesus takes a net and says, throw it into the water. It's going to make a big splash. He's not trying to deceive the fish into biting a worm, like luring in with some kind of careful program and then surprising them with a hook and a box of offering envelopes. That's bait and switch. But the Lord calls net fishermen. And that means the net is thrown in and it catches whatever is there. That is, the Lord puts into the net whatever he desires. It wasn't up to Peter's skill or know-how, but Jesus gives the catch. And the net grabs all kinds, dirty and clean, good and bad, fish that no one else wants even. And so too with the Lord's church. That was great comfort for Peter as he would go on to serve as a fisher of men, where sometimes thousands would come into the church at his preaching, and at other times he and his message would be rejected. It's not up to him. His job would be to cast the net, to be faithful in preaching the gospel. So also in the Lord's church, what a great comfort for us to be reminded here that the growth or the lack thereof comes at the Lord's hand. He's not waiting on us to try something fancy or hashtag relevant, as though we could mimic this world and lure people in by looking more like the world, trying to lure in the youth maybe, for example. And then having attracted them in, we surprise them with the truth that our Lord is actually calling us to be unlike this fallen world, and to lay up treasures in heaven and set our minds on things above, not on things below. No, God's not waiting on us. He knows what he's doing. He will bring in the fish through the preaching of this pulpit and this congregation, and most importantly, in spite of it. Now that also means that the fish, all of us, who are caught up in the Lord's net of this church. The fish did not choose to have faith. The fish in a net are grasped in the net against their will, flip-flopping and trying to escape, and yet the Lord brings them in. It's not up to the fish. Faith is a gift to you and your family. Yes, it might often seem at times like our loved ones might have flopped out of the boat and into shark-infested waters, but they are not coming back into this net by your hand anyway, as if God is waiting around for you to say magic words. When the Lord who baptized his name upon them and has promised to be with them when he wants them in the net, he'll be the one to get them there. And he might work through you to do it. 
But we commend them to the Lord of mercy, who is merciful to us when we have seemingly flopped out of the boat. And we trust that he will be merciful to our loved ones in the same way. We simply have the net thrown, the gospel preached, the Lord's mercy showered upon them, and leave it to the great fisherman to bring in the catch in his time, which is most certainly not our time. The Lord isn't waiting for us to get the right program or the right bait or make everything fancy and attractive. No, he will grant the fish when and where he wants in spite of the fishermen who are full of weaknesses and sins. It's not up to the fishermen. That's the first thing he clears up for Peter. Another misunderstanding that the Lord teaches Peter and us is that his sinfulness has not disqualified him from being in the presence of Jesus, nor has it disqualified him from service in the church. Note how Jesus, or how Peter says to Jesus, depart from me, I am a sinful man. Now why would he send Jesus away when he realizes his sin? Isn't that, doesn't that mean that he needs Jesus all the more? Why would he send him away? It's as if he thought that his sinful life up to that point rendered him unfit for Jesus and unfit to be a preacher. Now, as a side note here, it's important to be reminded that pastors are not sinless. Spend five minutes with me if you don't believe me. So if you put your pastor on a pedestal and have expectations of perfection, then you will be disappointed. Countless megachurches have imploded when having been built on the personality or character of a man in the office, the pastor is found to have been sinful and as if people look behind the curtain in Oz and they're shocked that their pastor has sin. So they leave the church. Or if a pastor takes a call and leaves a church, ministries collapse if they are built on the man. That just exposes that the focus had been in the wrong place the whole time. There's only one vocation that requires sinlessness, and that's the vocation of Savior. And Jesus has that one already. You and I can't have it. Your pastor is not sinless. Now, to be sure, everybody always acts like they know this, but then why is it, you suppose, that so often, when a church member feels that they are sinned against by a pastor, they leave the church? The truth is, there's an unfortunate tendency to hold the pastor to a standard of sinlessness that is foreign to the Bible. The Lord only calls one kind of person into the church, that's sinners. And he only sends out one kind of pastor, a sinner. So do yourself and your church a favor and don't hit the road when sinners do the very thing that Jesus died to forgive. It's the reason the church is here in the first place, to, to, give, to deliver the forgiveness of sins to you and me both. Now, one more thing I'd like to highlight in this text and we'll wrap it up. This has basically been a sermon about fishers of men, and that's fine because that is what the gospel is dealing with. But we should note that while the Lord calls some into the office of fishers of men, he calls most 
into the office of fishers of fish. That is, the Lord delights to work through you and your vocation in this world. Wherever he has placed you to work, in your job, your family, your community, and also your church. Notice how at the end of the gospel reading today, James and John were called into the ministry along with Simon Peter, but Zebedee, their father, was left in the boat because fish still needed to be caught. And that's a good and God-pleasing thing too, to serve wherever the Lord has placed you to serve. By his grace, he has called you into his net by the gospel. From the safety of the boat of the Lord's church, we might know of other fish still in the dangerous waters of this world, some we know better than others. And so we commend them to the net-throwing Lord. And we pray for his mercy to be shown to them just as he has shown it to us. That through the gifts of repentance and faith, they too would have the joy of salvation and peace found only in our Lord's net. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We stand and confess our Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.